In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So every first Sunday in Lent, the Christian lectionary takes us into the wilderness and tells us this story of Jesus being tempted by the devil. And there are similarities between the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And um, it's an interesting, uh, well, uniqueness in Luke's Gospel. He's got this spin on the story, uh, a unique take, because he introduces this temptation of Jesus' story this way. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted. So Jesus was filled, brimful to overflowing with the Spirit at his baptism, but the Spirit is not finished with him yet. That same Spirit leads him into the wilderness, and it's an interesting word in Greek, Jesus doesn't just take his hand and kind of gently lead him in. Uh, The word really means Jesus was hurled in, through in, impelled to go. So it was a pretty violent bringing into the wilderness. It's not a casual religious experience that Jesus is about to have. It's the very Spirit of God throwing Jesus into this wilderness and then hurling him into the wilderness of his own soul so that he could wrestle with his own call and his own identity. In hearing the story, maybe it's difficult for us because we sometimes want to get stuck on the details like, um, who is the devil? Or... Does Satan really exist? Or we become obsessed with some of the details of the temptations, um, worrying that maybe we're going to get caught up in those same temptations, which are legitimate concerns. But for now, I don't think that that's the primary point of the story. The point, I think, is that Jesus chooses God. And as Jesus chooses God, he also chooses his own call, his own mission, his own pathway of service and compassion. That's how he's going to live his life. The truth is, Jesus could have been terribly distracted by the things offered to him by Satan. Because he was hungry, that bread sounded good. And who doesn't want dignity, respect, empowerment, safety, and security? Those were all the things that were part of those other temptations. But Jesus doesn't get stuck or distracted or paralyzed by these tantalizing offers. Rather, he was still filled with that Holy Spirit after his baptism, and he rests in the Spirit of God that led him and threw him into this place and experience, and still brimming full with that spirit, he chooses God. He chooses to move ahead with his call and his mission. 
So Luke, the gospel writer, continues to tell the story of Jesus' call and mission after the Spirit had hurled him into the wilderness and the temptations had occurred and Jesus chose wisely. The devil goes away for a while. That's an interesting part of the story, right? He bides his time. He'll be back. Uh, But then Luke continues, Jesus, armed with the power of the Spirit, still returns to Galilee. So we know that he went to his hometown, he went to the synagogue, he picked up the scriptures, remember, that said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has sent me to announce good news to the poor, to proclaim release for the captives and recovery of sight for the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the Lord's favor. Then, remember, he rolls up that scroll, he hands it back, and he says, Today, in your very hearing, this text has become true. There it is. Jesus comes out of the wilderness, out of his temptations. He's still filled and armed with the Holy Spirit, and he proceeds to embrace his mission and be embraced by him. And that mission is clear in its purpose and focus, that good news should be proclaimed, that restoration and release of the captive should become the way of life, reconciliation and renewal is absolutely essential. Jesus embraces these. He embraces this mission, and the mission embraces him. He breathes it, he lives it through his preaching and his teaching and his healing and as he welcomes the outcasts and the poor. And he shows it in his own life, finally being willing to offer himself on the cross as an action of love outpoured for us all. In his experience in the wilderness, Jesus doesn't become distracted by the things that the tempter holds up before him. Rather, he keeps his eyes focused on the prize. He rests in the spirit of God. He refuses power, security, and things that would temporarily satisfy him while deterring him from the real purpose of his life. The spirit of God gets a hold of him, guides him, directs him, fortifies him, strengthens him, and Jesus embarks on his mission of life and love from that moment on. Jesus chooses to stay in his life with God. Jesus chooses his mission and call. So you know where this is going, right? The same choice confronts you and me, indeed the whole church itself. And the question is, will we continue to choose God? Will we embrace our call and then let it embrace us? Will we hear and listen to God's spirit working with us like it's always been doing? The truth of the matter is that God's spirit is at work in our lives, sustaining us, 
and guiding us and directing us and inspiring us and strengthening us. And the truth is that God is calling us to God's love and to a specific purpose in our own living. So the question is, will we choose God? Will we choose our own call and mission to live the love of God in this world that so desperately needs a word of God's love? There are distractions and temptations all around, to be sure, things that would, like when we have a baptism, we say things that will draw you from the love of God. But the primary question before us remains, will we choose God? And in choosing God, will we listen to and follow the call that God is giving to us? There are lots of ways to live out our calling in our families, in our daily lives, in our friendships, in the workplace. But the point is, we are called. We have a mission. We have a purpose to share God's love. It's present with us, and it should be a guiding principle for us in our life. So, will we choose God? It's the same question that we could say we have to ask ourselves collectively as Christ Church Lutheran. What is our mission and call, our purpose, and will we choose that purpose wisely? Will we choose to restore, renew, and reconcile, or might we become distracted by other things? There's a lot that can draw people away from their primary call and purpose. Distraction is all around us, but our calling is also all around us. The purpose, I think, of God's church in the world is mission. Our call is restoration, renewal, and reconciliation. We are the ones collectively called by God to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to manifest release, to show forth the saving and restoring and redeeming love of God to all people everywhere. That is the mission of God's people. And the question is, will we as a congregation embrace it? There was yet another survey done by churches. There are surveys all the time wanting to know what we think, what we believe, what we do, what we don't do. But this one said that congregations throughout the United States have a strong and growing community of faith if they do three things. So I thought I'd share. We might be interested. So these are congregations that say, number one, their congregation is spiritually vital and alive. And number two, they say their congregation helps members deepen their relationship to God. And number three, these are congregations that have a clear sense of mission and purpose. These are what growing congregations say they have that maybe other congregations don't. You see, congregations that show forth God's saving love 
that connect people with that love. They're part of communities that are transforming the world in a vital way. Congregations that possess clarity about their mission have chosen their mission, and they're mission-focused, and they thrive and grow. They're not distracted or tempted to look at other things. They know their identity is connected only and specifically with Jesus Christ and that power and the Holy Spirit that comes with it. And they live into it, and then the Spirit lives into them. God's Holy Spirit is with us. God's Spirit continues to lead us, direct us, guide us, strengthen us, renew us as individuals and as a community of faith. Sometimes even... God's Spirit might hurl us into places where we didn't expect to go. But always, God's Spirit is with us. So, what will we choose this day? Whom will we choose this day? God's saving love and God's saving power is all around us. God is calling us to God's own love and service in our own lives and in our communities of faith as we learn and pray and serve and grow in this love. What will we choose? Who will we choose? Let's not be distracted. If we choose Christ and God's mission and call, we'll find blessing beyond our understanding. Amen.